Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Thanks for allowing us in. We are uh, closing in on the weekend. It is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM, 1420 AM. I'm Josh Pacheco. All of our guests, when they appear, uh, they do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline at Aloha Kia. You know a guy. Uh, coming up in a little while, because you know we, we talked a little bit about the uh, the Aloha Stadium stuff yesterday, and I keep recalling one of the quotes that was in the uh, one of, one of the uh, Hawaii News Now pieces on uh, somebody saying, you know, now we need to go and and present this to the public and to to the lawmakers, basically trying to 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 get everybody on board to to believe in in what's going on. Um, I want to I want to know from you what it would take for you, uh to believe in the process. Like, what do you want from those in the stadium authority? What do you want from those in government to uh, to sell to you that would make you believe that this process is going to go through and it is going to work and we're not going to deal with another, you know, some sort of hiccup in the process? Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a big believer in trying to find out where where are we lacking, what are where are we missing, um, because what you heard yesterday was positive. It was good to have something positive when, quite frankly, um, you know, there's there's not a there's a lot of pessimism and there's a lot of skepticism, uh, but at the same time. That can all rub off very quickly. You gotta make the taxpayers believe. You've gotta make the politicians believe. So how do you do it? What do you need to believe? And I and and here's what I don't want. I'm just prepping people for for this segment a little bit later on in the show. I'm just gonna get it out of the way now. You know what I don't want? I don't want a bah humbug. It's never gonna work. Sorry, I had to. I, I had to do the bah humbug thing. It's the holiday season. Couldn't help myself. Um, what I want, though, is um, I, I want real, tangible things. What are you missing? Are you, for example, I'll give you mine. I want a a, a real reason as to why they're talking about a twenty-five thousand seat stadium. That's what's going to help sell me on being uh, more positive on the project instead of being someone who's going to you know, jump on the radio like I did yesterday and slam Governor Josh Green's you know communications team for not answering questions that we, on behalf of you listening, asked to have answered. I don't want to be that guy. Um, and I, I still stand. It's been six days later and still nothing. Um, you know, stuff like that. So... Uh, stand by for that a, a little bit later on in the show. Uh, we've got uh, tickets to the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. We've got uh, tickets to the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. That's all on the way here over the next three hours. You know what happened yesterday for uh, for those of you who are uh, big believers in uh, in the gold rush? 
from the San Francisco 49ers, you've got a division winner. San Francisco 49ers are going to at least host a playoff game. They are going to the playoffs. And as we get ready for an NFL weekend in which we've got games tomorrow, including one in Buffalo that is expected to see lots and lots of snow, um, let's not look away from what happened last night, which was the San Francisco 49ers clinching the NFC West with third-string quarterback Brock Purdy at the helm. And Purdy did some really nice things. But it's not Purdy that maybe we should be talking a whole bunch about as we uh, move our way over to uh, eventually the postseason. We are just starting week 15. The postseason is, what, uh, a full four weeks away. Uh, But a San Francisco defense that doesn't give up a lot of second-half points. They did yesterday. They gave up 10. They haven't given up a lot of points really lately, period. And um, 13 against Seattle. They hold that rushing attack fairly well down. And the defense does its job. This was Kyle Shanahan after the game uh, praising the San Francisco 49ers defensive performance a night ago. I thought the defense was unbelievable. You know, they didn't give up a touchdown until that last um, that last drive. Had some breakdowns on that drive. I think the only thing that really hurt us were some penalties on both sides, offense and defense. Um, you know, the you know we had a twenty-eight to three at one time. Got that taken back on the personal foul. Uh, we had three drives where we were in field goal range. We had a bad penalty that got us out of there on three of those drives. So it's uh, our defense was unbelievable. They did it to me throughout the whole game and had one lapse there, two plays on that final drive, but they've been unbelievable all year and um, they're continuing it. There's a really, um, really good stat that I've actually been kind of researching um, on the fly here on the San Francisco defense, because, Hey, I mean, it's, it's popular to talk about Christian McCaffrey. It's taught. It's popular to talk about Debo Samuel when he's healthy. Um, You know, it's, it's popular to talk about the quarterback position and young Brock Purdy, but, Here is what I want you to know. The San Francisco 49ers defense in the second half of games is incredibly dominant. And there was a point in time, you know, I'm looking back at, um, I think it was a four-stretch, a four-game stretch, Rams, Chargers, Cardinals, Saints. Uh, They played those four games and didn't give up a single second-half point. In those four games, I'll go uh, a, a little bit farther. You know, they haven't given up multiple touchdowns in the second half since they lost to Kansas City, forty-four to twenty-three. And what was that? Uh, that was game number eight, game number seven. That was a that was what a couple of months ago. It seems like it was October twenty-third. It was seven weeks ago. The last time that the San Francisco 49ers have given up multiple touchdowns in the second half. And you heard Kyle Shanahan say, yeah, they gave up that that fourth quarter touchdown. Uh, But other than that, a nearly spotless performance by San Francisco. Um, That can hold them over. The Niners here in the last few weeks have winnable games Every single week at 10 and 4. With the Commanders coming up uh, Christmas Eve, 
with the Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas on New Year's Day and the Arizona Cardinals on January 8th uh, to wrap up the season on Week 18. There is, unless something catastrophic were to happen, there is a good opportunity the San Francisco 49ers will finish 13-4 and and will be a team to contend with uh, for an NFC title. First off, Kyle Shanahan, um, I, man, between between him and Sirianni, wow, um, that that coach of the year in the NFC. I know it's a it's a it's a full league award, but man, between those two, I have a hard time figuring out who to give it to. Let's see, uh, Nick Sirianni, who has had a healthy quarterback but has defied expectations there in Philadelphia. Kyle Shanahan who's winning games with a strong defense and a patchwork offense that has gotten help from his front office, but still some masterful play calling called by Kyle Shanahan. If you watched that in, uh, in, in yesterday's game, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know who I'm supposed to give the edge to for, uh, for coach of the year in the NFL. And I know we're talking about it in week 15. It's not like we got a bunch more games to talk about, but I'm already talking about it now because Kyle Shanahan, for all he has been dogged by, uh, going back to uh, that Super Bowl performance against New England, and um, when he was in Atlanta, I see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a moment at 808-296-1420. For all that he has been dogged by, this, um, this ability to keep this team on track and continue to perform admirably in the face of all of the uh, the different obstacles it has had to face is pretty remarkable. And granted, I, I know that divisions turned out a little bit different than we thought, but that doesn't negate the fact that the San Francisco 49ers could very well be much more different um, from Lance to Garoppolo, Debo Samuel, they may be very lucky with Debo Samuel's injury. Um, the addition of Christian McCaffrey is a game changer, but man, what if? What uh, what if not in, in that situation? And yes, you're fortunate. The Rams are, are a four-win team, and they've pretty much given up on the year. That the Arizona Cardinals will likely make a coaching change at the end of the year, I believe. And Seattle's just kind of I, Seattle's kind of outkicked itself for what it's done this year, and you're you're kind of seeing uh, what it's become now. But, but wow, um, this is a story like what the Eagles are doing. This is a story that is worth spending some time on here in the final month of the season. What is going on in San Francisco? And yes, there are going to be a lot of uh, a lot of decisions to make. We'll figure those decisions out uh, at the end of the year. Lance, Garoppolo, can you afford Brock Purdy after this year? There will be a lot of decisions to come. But for now, this is something you got to celebrate, especially if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan, getting back to the division and how... Uh, they have gotten back to winning a division. Ephraim, appreciate you calling in on this Aloha Friday. How are you? Hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, lifetime 49er fan over 40 years. How are you doing? I'm good. Yourself? I'm doing fine. You know, my problem with the Niners, uh, I have no problem. Injuries happen. Uh, they seem to be on a move right now, the way they're playing. Everybody's uh, on the same boat. Everybody's riding the wave that Purdy is bringing. But my, my thing is when they do get to the playoffs, when it comes down to the needy green, my problem is with Shanahan. 
as good as he is and as much praise we give him because of his offense, which he deserves, I I think when it comes down to the nitty gritty, he kind of doesn't know what to do. You know, I can go back when the, the, they were in the Super Bowl with the Ravens against Seattle, all the play calling that came down, you know, at the end of the, you know, when the, you know, in the first quarter and all that, you know, it doesn't seem to click when it's a really the game is on the line. You know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I. But you don't. You don't feel like. You don't feel like this is different. I feel it's different, but uh, you know, I have been in the Niners. I've always said win or lose. I, I, whether they go on the road throughout the playoffs, it's fine. But it's always great to uh, you know, be at home, have the home field advantage. But Forty Niners is one of those teams that uh, you put them anywhere. Not about, but back in the 80s, I remember and writing. <laughs> they used to hate going to Chicago and the Giants. So it's so cold. But, uh, yeah, it seems different. And I hope, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, when the game is on the line, this play calling becomes more better and smart. Cause you remember when they were at the, uh, when they played the Ravens in the Super Bowl? It was first down and goal and goal. And, you know, with, you know they instead of uh, running the ball four times, with uh Remember who they had a running back, right? He kept uh, trying to pass, trying to pass, trying to pass. You know, so I hope uh, when it comes uh, when it comes to it and done, and uh, they reach the playoffs and they go as far as they can, I hope that uh, you know he can prove me wrong this time. But uh, thanks for uh, spending time talking about the 49ers, my friend. Hey, for sure. Appreciate you listening. Thank you for calling in. Um... Let, let me just get a clarification though, Tanner. I, I need to, to. I don't know if my my hearing was off. I, did was he talking about Ravens Seahawks Super Bowl? I I feel I, I feel think like he said like the Ravens or the Seahawks were in the Super Bowl, right? Um, so which when which, which would which, not make sense. Which I say two of the three of those were Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> right? And if you're talking about the Super Bowl, well, and I can only John. assume. In in Baltimore. Well, no, because no, because the Super Bowl between the 49ers and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm personally not. I'm personally a little bit confused. Yeah. Unless there was a unless they played the Ravens this year, and I'm just forgetting. Yeah. Um. I don't think that's a Super Bowl matchup we're uh, we're 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 talking about at the moment. Um. And if you are wondering if they played the Ravens, uh, no, they did not play the Ravens this year. Uh. Yeah. I I I got. Everything that Ephraim was saying, I think up to that, Raven. I I don't I don't know if you want to, if if you want to clarify it off air, go for it. I was a little uh, a little confused of where that was coming from. Uh, Texter from the seven eight zero talking about Sirianni and Shanahan. They both deserve the award. Tbh for you, uh, cool and cool at heart. Tbh meaning to be honest. But if I had to give the edge to someone, it would be Kyle, third string QB. Need I say more? No, you don't need to say more. I think I, I think we got the point. Um, third string QB. I think what has helped the third string QB argument or here, the thing that helps and hurts the third string QB argument. The the thing that hurts it is the defense that has been phenomenally good. Uh, ever since that Kansas City Chiefs game in which they they got blown up uh, for to the tune of 44 points, they've been great since that point. Best one of, one of, if not the best in the NFL. The thing that helps the third string quarterback argument is that Brock Purdy's been fairly good 
um, going in and playing comfortably and not allowing the Niners to miss much of a beat since he's been on the field. Um, you know, we're talking about a team that at quarterback has had to work some miracles this year. Jimmy Garoppolo, fortunately not being traded uh, and still being there after the Trey Lance injury. Uh, and, you know, and, and Purdy in, in this situation where he's at, just don't get him hurt. Uh, it's it's pretty phenomenal to see what they have done. So the, the third string quarterback argument for coach of the year can go both ways. Uh, it can work and not work depending on uh, on how you view that defense and how you view what that what the uh, um, how you view what the effort of the third string quarterback means to the success of the team. If if you get my drift there, uh, you can get your text in at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Calls there as well. Uh, right now, surf. If you're one of those people looking to get out on the water, it's a nicer day than it was looking last night. Uh, that's for sure. And you might as well get your surf in now because we're going to get some weather uh, coming in. What Sunday into Monday? I think the forecast is saying. So get your surf in while you can. Surf update here. This is uh, ESPN Honolulu. All right, SportsCenter's coming up in uh, about three and a half minutes. And we'll turn our attention to uh, Aloha Stadium or what will at some point be Aloha Stadium. I want to figure out what you, uh, the listener, the eventual user, the fan base, want to hear that will help sell you or what you want clarified that you believe – would best make you feel like this is on the right track after what we heard yesterday. We'll do that coming up after Sports Center. This is ESPN Honolulu. We'll get a look at the M. Dyer Global Scoreboard coming up in just a little while. Uh, we're watching football. Uh, it's not it's not the football you'd normally see. We're watching uh, FCS football, North Dakota State playing Incarnate Word. It's the FCS. Uh, they're in the semifinals because, you know, um, some NCAA divisions can do <laughs> actual bracket like formats. It's possible when you get uh, when you get the big corporations out of it, you can actually do it. Uh that's on ESPN, too. Uh, we're watching some of that. They're going to have their championship. The only thing, though, is um, they have three weeks between the semis and the championship. The championship is on January 8th. And my one complaint about what the NCAA did with the FCS championship, which I, I've i always enjoyed, um, they've put it up against the final day of the NFL season. So... With a whole bunch of NFL games at stake, the NCAA, and I'm sure television had a little bit to do with it, decided, you know what, we're going to move these games from a Saturday before the uh, the NFL season ends to the Sunday on the day that the NFL regular season ends. Makes a lot of sense. Not. Um, <laughs> going to lose some eyeballs for what is, I mean, frankly, FCS football is good football. 
Uh, but the semifinals are taking place this weekend. Aloha Stadium meeting was yesterday, and uh, I'm still reminded of a line in the uh, in, in the piece that was uh, put together by Hawaii News Now. From uh, Aloha Stadium Authority Vice Chair Brennan Morioka. The story says, and I quote, Morioka says the unusual and complex project is part of why the public and even government leaders have so many questions and misconceptions. Close quote. Talking about how it's a complicated project. Of course, you have uh, the stadium part. You've got the, uh, the development part. And... Um, you know, members in that meeting discuss how to, quote, explain the project to win more public and political support, close quote. Uh, because, I mean, let's face it, what we're hearing, what we heard yesterday with the stadium authority meeting, with, um, you know, at least some kind of a plan moving forward on 25,000 seats and a timeline of, of 2027, and, um, you know, some at least semblance of an idea on how to move. There is still the chance that something can go wrong. You know, there will be no more than $350 million that is going into this public-private partnership. Um, there is still the question marks of, of those who want to put in proposals to now add in housing um, there is water. There is there. There are questions, and it was it was raised in in some of these pieces. Uh, you know, Scott Psyche telling Hawaii News Now, the House Speaker, costs may be shifted to the state, and that many serious questions remain unanswered about what developers are actually going to pay for. Uh, so they're concerned about hidden costs, and uh, you know, and 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 they don't know what will these developing teams come up with when things uh, come out next month. So. Yes, to a degree, there is something positive. But what is the constant problem that this stadium project, stall, start, wherever it is, the constant issue with this project has been the inconsistent flow of information. And the inconsistent ability to prioritize being able to tell the public what this is outside of the obvious. Oh, it's a stadium. Uh, and, and then, you know, now obviously talking about housing. So when I see something like, uh, you know, that, that quote that mentioned, you know, needing to, er, to uh, win more public and political support, let's just forget the political stuff because we, we, know, we know where that lies. But you, you are a member of the public. I, I am a member of the public. Um, and we have opportunities on on this radio show and in our own different platforms to be able to voice where our support for it lies. What would it take for you, based on what you have heard, to be able to put more support into what this is, whatever it is, um, a 25,000-seat venue or... Um, the the housing part or whatever it is. What would it take for you to put out more support? To to publicly feel like you believe where this is moving? 
Our text line at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420 as well. Leroy texts in and says, I think we have to wait for bids. Governor Ige wanted to use cash because of the high interest rates. If costs are driven up, the package has to go back to the legislature. That's where it sounds like, and I, and I could be wrong, Leroy. Um, it sounds like this is not going to go back to the legislature for any more than $350 million. Um, at, at least that's the vibe that I got, that this is what it is. The, the money that is being allocated from the state is what it is, and it is not moving. Um, if you have to go back to the legislature for more money, that to me would signal another stall in the project. And I think that's also where the the partnership area of this, again, if I kind of read into it the way I think it is, that's where the partnership side is supposed to come in. I could very well be wrong. Um, but I don't think you're getting any more than 350 mil uh, what has already been allocated, which means time is of the essence, which means what we kind of learned yesterday, which is a little bit of the timeline where RFPs are expected to go out in January, that it's going to be out for a seven-month period, and then there will be a time to go through the RFPs and then name the winning proposal by January of 2024. And then uh, from there, uh, you know, you've got to figure out the the demolition of the stadium, or as they've kind of put it, um, going piece by piece by piece. And it could be a few years before that fully happens uh, because they want to see what is potentially, uh, this is what they said here, uh, Chris Kinimaka in the piece. Demolition would be part of the first construction contracts and would involve its extensive study of what can be salvaged for reuse and then disassembled piece by piece. So it's not that simple. We're not going to do what they did to some places on the mainland and just, like, you know, blow it up. <laughs> I don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, texter from the 285, I'm in commercial construction. And by the way, bless your heart for being in commercial construction. That's not an easy job. We appreciate people like you. Says, I promise the longer they take, the worse this will get. I am not in commercial construction. I couldn't do the work. Um, I see that the exact same way. Knowing the way that um, you know things are kind of going right now and nothing really ever gets cheaper, especially when it is bigger um, or you know takes a, a, a lot of things to happen, it doesn't really get cheaper. Life doesn't really work that way. So time is of the essence. That, that is one thing I will say. It, if I felt positive about anything, it's that I heard a timeline. Uh, and it's not because I wanted to hear the timeline. It's because I wanted something in front of me that I could help, I, I, could, I could use to hold accountability to. That's what I wanted. Um, and, and that's, to me, what a... Um, to me, what I think we all should kind of use, like if we're sitting here wondering, okay, can I get behind this project? Can I can I feel like this project is going to move forward? Your your first litmus test to determine whether you think the project is going to is something you can support, um, you know, based on what they're putting in front of you is okay timeline. 
Do I believe that we'll get a request for proposals out there in January? Do I believe that we will get an RFP that is approved in January of 2024? Um, and then from there, do I believe that Aloha Stadium is going to be taken down in a timely yet not so darn slow manner? And then finally, after all is said and done, do I believe we'll still be hitting 2027 as the time when a stadium of some length, whether it's 25 or 30, um, will be built? That's um, that's my baseline test for kind of wondering, okay, is this something that you you, you really can get behind? Um, and, and, and that's where, to, for, for my vantage point, I feel like that is reasonable, at least. That is a reasonable timeline. It doesn't sound rushed, but now I have something to, to, uh, to, to keep them accountable for. Texter from the 233. First thing would be for all involved in the government to be on the same page in an agreement. It seems like officials in several segments of government either have doubts, differing opinions, etc., that just shows me that there could be more delays and unforeseen obstacles that could arise. This is where the public sentiment gets eroded. It is impossible. Actually, no, it's not impossible. It is very rare to have people in government agree across the board uh, or believe that something is going to happen in... And it'd be a line like like a line by the stars. Like it's rare. Especially now where everything is so divided, right? Uh, but to me it's 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 more money. You know, when I when I see executive branch differing with the house and and lawmakers on money. And and especially because the lawmakers are the one that you know helped appropriate uh, appropriate it and it was signed in in by the uh, former governor. You know, money is kind of the 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 big deal to talk about here, and so I'm I'm kind of left not surprised. And honestly, you're hearing from some of the same people that have had their questions about things before. So um, that's normal. You're normally going to have people in government in differing branches of government that will disagree or have their questions. Where you worry is whether those individuals who may not see things a certain way tell you things like, we can't get behind it, or we have our doubts, or, or something along the lines of, we don't think this will move forward. And I haven't really, um, I haven't really gotten that, fortunately. I haven't really felt like we have seen that far of disagreement just yet, and that is uh, uh, that is a positive if you if you want to look at things from uh, from that perspective. One more. Uh, this is from Paul on on Twitter, and and I'll be honest, some of it is uh, I I feel like I kind of have to kind of sift through a little bit, but. Uh, Paul says, what I want in terms of concrete government promises for the start of Aloha Stadium 2, A, demolition date, which uh, I don't think you can get a demolition date now. I think you're going to have to wait at least another year 
maybe a year and a half for a demolition date because part of that is is part of the initial construction phase. So unfortunately, I hate to say it, um, but you're going to have to wait a little bit on uh, on on that construction date. I apologize; it's not not what you want to hear, um, but that's not going to that's not going to be any help right now. Two, they want you pointing to me, hashtag Hawaii Sports News guys, to conglomerate and act as the spearhead to message to government. You guys have the insight. Um, we're not. How do I how do I put this? We are not um, activists. Our job is to ask questions, and yes, we will ask questions. And yes, I will continue to reach out to the governor's office, and if they keep not answering us when we try to ask logical questions, that's not going to stop us. We're going to keep reaching out and try to get the answers that will be beneficial to you and to me. Our job is not done if we don't get a response from the governor's office six days after we reached out to him. Um but no, it, it's not our job to conglomerate and join forces and, um, and, and advocate. That's not the role of journalists. And by the way, myself in this capacity is not the role of a journalist. It is a, 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 an opinionated individual, um, you know, seeking answers just like you. Creating conversation just like you. So it doesn't really work that way. It's nice in theory, but that's not how it works. Paul continues, did you have enough time placating free food in the Aloha Stadium broadcast booth? Time to work it off. Big part of what the press is is to represent the people to big government. Um, nope. It's actually not our job. Our job is to um, ask questions. And there are different, you know, there are different types of voices in the press. Again, uh, the role here of uh, sports talk radio host is uh, conversation, content, opinion. Um, you have the journalists who ask the questions and they roll the footage, and um, you know, they get the answers from them, from the uh, uh, from the people who are in the news. There are different roles. Um, you know, you are getting answers for the people. You're not necessarily representing the people, but you are representing your community in what you cover and, um, you know, allowing people to think for themselves based on what you cover. It's not to represent the people to big government. And by the way, um, free food and there, free food in Aloha Stadium has nothing to do with it. Even though the free food at Aloha Stadium was kind of good uh, at times. But no, nothing to do with it. It's called uh, Perks of Working. It doesn't, uh, as you can tell with my feelings about Aloha Stadium over the last couple of years, if you've listened, free food in Aloha Stadium has not kept me from criticizing the experience at Aloha Stadium, which has nothing to do with food for the people who are working. 
I want to read this last uh, tweet coming up on the other side. First, our M. Dyer Global scoreboard, which is brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Moving Hawaii into the future. Uh, Golden State playing, of course, without Steph Curry because Steph Curry's got a shoulder injury and he's going to be out for a few weeks. Warriors are up at the half on Philadelphia, 57-55. That game is on ESPN television. College football, we had bowl games today. Uh, thank goodness for bowl games. It all started off uh, with the... Uh, the first game of the day, the hometown lenders Bahamas Bowl, and the difference in this game was two yards. UAB over Miami, Ohio, 24 to 20. And we had a top 25 bowl game at the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. Number 24, Troy, over number 25, UT San Antonio, 18 to 12, the final. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global, always on the move. This is ESPN Honolulu. <laughs> In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight. There's a big game tomorrow that is expecting to have. What was the latest for? I, I don't know if the forecast has been downgraded, but initially they said Bills and Dolphins about eight to nine inches of snow on Saturday night. How uh, you plan on getting what seventy thousand people? Uh, potentially in that area is a, a really, really good question on a uh, on a snowy kind of night in Buffalo. More on that game and the question marks that have been thrown out there, especially around Tua Tonga-Vailoa coming up uh, in just a little while. I was going to read the one other tweet. Oh, it was... Um, uh, we were reading, reading a couple tweets about what we should do, what the media should do, what you know, in, in, in covering this this whole Aloha Stadium thing. And and the last two is basically is we should be like Ernie Lau from the uh from the Board of Water Supply. Basically, um Ernie Lau has kind of like been the one man band advocating for clean water. And um no, um we're not gonna be like because you know again we're not advocates. Um, even the media are not uh, are those going out and joining the picket line unless you know you, you, you work for an entity like the Maui News and you want to be paid fairly. Uh, my best to those individuals. And yeah, you hit the picket line to uh, create an environment where you are paid and taken care of fairly. But in, in most other situations, that's not the case. Um, you're, you're, you're not an, you're, you're not an activist or an advocate. You're just trying to get answers. And, um, and, and so you ask questions, you know, Ernie Lau and bless his heart because he cares about the land, bless his heart because he cares about quality of, of drinking water and, and, and cares about his community you know, the only the only thing is it's it's you know he's he's stuck his neck out and and has joined those who are uh, protesting outside because it's what he he firmly believes in. But trust me, um, that is a very different situation. Drinking water is a very different situation than a stadium, and uh, you are not going to get any kind of comparison for me uh, on that. Sports Center update. We'll uh, we'll we'll get to the rest of these texts uh, in just a little while. 
these texts talking about the stadium. We've been asking you, what is it that you need to make you feel confident um, what is being told to the public, what is out there, that, that you can support it, that you can feel confident that it is going to happen. What is it that needs to be said? Um, that is, uh, that's, a, that's one of the question marks today. We'll talk about that coming up after SportsCenter ESPN Honolulu. We are uh, counting down the minutes to the weekend. If your weekend has already started, well, lucky you. Uh, If not, you're with us uh, as we close down your Friday. It is the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. It's great to have you in all of our guests when they appear. They do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. See ya in a Kia. Um, On a wrap up a couple of text messages on uh, the Aloha Stadium thing. I'm not going to spend the entire show on it. Uh, We'll we'll turn back to the National Football League with uh, one important game specifically tomorrow. And the conversation around that game, which I I feel like we're back to um, how would I put it? Protective to a mode. And I'll explain why it seems like there are people, especially here, that have gone back to protective Tua mode. Uh, Coming up in a little bit. As we've been talking about the stadium, let's get through the rest of these texts here. Uh, Texter from the 221. Can they use all of the money for the stadium only? Go the PPP route for everything else whether shopping mall, hotel, residences, office specs, etc. Oh, man. Um, the thing about the, the PPP route really does have to cover everything. And the reason why is, as we have to learn our lesson from the 40-year-old-plus venue that at some point we are going to have to tear down piece by piece. And, and let me stop there for a moment. What are we going to salvage from Aloha Stadium to be reused? I'm really curious at what some people might think is reusable in that stadium. Unless we are talking about, I mean, I don't know. Are there things that were not auctioned off yet or that people just were not willing to buy? Are there office chairs and desks or things like that? We know that the big scoreboard is going to go because that's going to go to the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex. But um, what are you going to find? What, lights? I, I, don't, I don't know what the point is to take the time to think of what you might think you can reuse later. It's 40-something years old. And I know probably some things are put in there to, you know, a little bit later than that, but come on. Why are we thinking about reusing parts or reusing items or reusing equipment from a venue that has been considered by some to be condemned? Why are we doing that? All that is doing 
is just, again, delaying the inevitable, delaying the conversation um, as to knocking down the stadium. That's all we're doing. Once the construction part is done, or or the or the uh, um, or who you know is going to have the construction project and who is going to be involved in taking down the stadium, don't you think that if don't you think it's time to really just start anew? And when I mean start anew, I don't mean let's save some things for uh, uh, other uses. Look. If we're going to save anything, it's going to be, for what I believe, if we want to put something in the entertainment district, here's my recommendation, and I've said it on this show before, my recommendation is an Aloha Stadium Museum. And all the things that, for whatever reason, did not get auctioned off should be a part of an Aloha Stadium Museum that should be within the entertainment district. You want to save some stuff that's meaningful? Save it there. You want to save a, a shingle? You want to save a light? You want to save a seat that wasn't auctioned off? Cool. You want to save some posters? Cool. Do it. After that, anything for a potential museum, great. Everything else, knock it down, get rid of it. You want to recycle? Sure. But come on, why why do we need to have a conversation about, um, you know, saving stuff? And no, I don't, and, and responding to the texture from the 371, when they implode the stadium, most residents around the area will have lots of dusting to do after it's taken down. I don't think imploding the stadium is even part of the conversation. The piece-by-piece piece thing to, to be the most considerate of everybody around you is fine. But don't do it in a way where it's like, oh, but we need to save this. And, oh, but we need, we need to save this. We might reuse this for something else. And this can be saved because uh, we could use this as part of a, I don't know, just figure it out. If we can't keep the stadium upright with what's on it currently, why do I want to save any of it for any future project unless it's in a history museum? I don't want somebody else's parts in my car. If someone's truck broke down and my car needed a part that was similar to something from a broken down truck, uh, and I have a truck, um, I don't want that part. I want something new. I don't want something from something else that was deemed not to be runnable anymore. You know what I mean? You, you catch my drift on that. But... Let me go back to the texter, the, uh, the, the, the seven-minute slide away from what the texter was saying. Because he was asking, well, the PPP, couldn't that just be for everything else? Well, no. The reason why the PPP has to cover everything is the maintenance. That's where I was trying to get to from the, uh, the maintenance to why are we saving things for potential reuse to back here to maintenance. A lot of the money involved in this PPP to make a lot of the entertainment district and housing and all of that stuff, funds from that, revenues from that, have to go into the 
upkeep of the new stadium. And that's why I said, again, about seven minutes ago, uh, when, when talking about making sure that we do this right, learning our lessons from what wasn't done right, especially near the end of the last venue, which is making sure you, the money continues to come in to fund the necessary repairs and maintenance and upkeep to keep that venue looking like a very good venue. It should be 30 years down the road, and you should hope that that new, me- new venue is still looking magnificent 30 years later. Not like you're walking into somewhere and it looks like you're walking into a rust bucket. Appearance is actually really important. And it seemed like appearance really didn't matter. Hence, part of where we sit. Appearance does matter. And you've got to take care of all those things. If not, 46 years from now, we'll, or well, from whenever the new thing is built, 46 years from that point, are we going to have this conversation again? I hope not. About maintenance and upkeep and making sure that you have a venue that... Honestly, I don't expect it 46 years later to look like the day it was first opened, but I expect it to not look like it's 46 years old. And that's why the PPP sounds hard, and it might be, but it might be the best way to avoid some of these problems from happening again and why that can be supported. Our text line, 888-296-1420. Uh, and, and, and a great point. Just because it's hard doesn't make it bad. That's that's right, Tanner. Uh, Mike texts in, why can't they implode the old stadium? What can they possibly salvage from the old Aloha Stadium? Rust? Now, I realize he, just te- he texted this before I said why they're not imploding it. Um, but you're also asking the very same question. Uh, that I have been asking, what can you possibly salvage from a venue that is currently unusable? Maybe find me a desk chair. Why? I'd like a new desk chair. Actually, no. No, I take that back. I'm fine with my desk chair. Find me a desk. I have an office. Well, I don't even have an office. I have a corner that needs, like, a real desk. If you want to salvage anything from that place, I will take the desk of whoever was in the office below the stadium. I'll take it. After that, no. Nothing. Nothing else from that stadium should go anywhere. Texter from the 221. Don't be saving pieces of the stadium unless it's something like Yankee Stadium or Fenway or Wrigley. Yeah, my point. Um, Unless there is historical confidence as to why you would save a piece of the stadium, don't. Um, Find a place to to dispose of it peacefully and properly and and, and move on. One more. Uh, This is from the person who actually... uh, texted in earlier said they're in commercial construction texter says our company actually withdrew from the bidding because of how unorganized uh and state are 
But I don't think this has anything to do with UH. Stadium is not a UH situation, although it has been rumored. Um, it had been rumored a while ago that UH would be involved in design and all that stuff, and that has turned out to to not happen. So I don't know where UH comes from in this, but the state, okay, if you've got a problem with how unorganized the state may be, uh, you know what? Today's Friday. Um, there are or unorganized areas of the state that you will find every day, Monday through Friday, and twice a day on weekends. <laughs> One more text. Texter from the 798. Josh, I've started a GoFundMe to get you a desk, bro. You need a desk, my man. You know, I I really appreciate my people. Really, really do. Go fund me for a desk. <laughs> Not like this. It's it's like um, it's like a starter desk for like uh, middle school kids. Is basically what I have, occupying a corner. And and frankly, I move around so much. I don't often get to, like, sit at it. Um, but right now, it's basically full of stuff that doesn't really get me to work on it. Just because I can't. <laughs> oh, love you guys. One more from the 551. We already have an Aloha Stadium Museum. It's called the Junkyard. Oh. You mean not yet. You mean when it is taken down piece by piece and it all goes into the junkyard, then you believe you have a museum. That's a good time for a break. It's also a good time. <laughs> it's also a good time to give away tickets to the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, which is coming up next week. We'll see you for all three days with Hawaii basketball. Uh, Hawaii's got Pepperdine. On the opening day of the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. Uh, dial in 808-296-1420. I've got a pair of tickets to give away. You could win them. Uh, we'll do a little bit of trivia. Uh, here's the question. One of these teams is coached by someone who will be playing his son over the weekend. Think about it just a little bit. We'll give away these tickets coming up next. First, we take a look at traffic. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All right, a Sports Center update in less than eight minutes here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All right, um, I kind of gave the question. I'm going to reiterate it here, and I'll, I will accept the coach or the team. Uh, for the answer, the correct answer, uh, let's say hi to Jason uh, calling in here at 808-296-1420. Jason, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Good, Jason. You sound like you are very yeah. quiet and subdued. Uh, I'm at work, so I have to uh, speak this in. Okay, all right. Jason, I'll help you be really, really quiet while you're at work, okay? Um, name me – you can name me the team or the coach – but okay. this coach of one of the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic teams is taking his team to play against his son's team uh, this weekend before coming here to Hawaii. Name me the coach. Uh, I don't know. Is it Patino? Say that a little bit softer for your for for uh, for your work folks. Uh, Patino. He he meant to say 
Is it Rick Pitino? Yes, it is Rick Pitino. It is Iona. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I should I should keep my volume down. I don't want everybody to hear me there at work. Uh, <laughs> hey, congratulations! You're going to the Hawaiian Airlines Diamondhead Classic coming up next week. Enjoy. All right. All right, man. Thank you, Joe. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, hang on. We'll get your info, and uh, I we will we will keep the noise down, which is hard because well he he must be listening to us in his. Uh, his AirPods or his earbuds on a on a on a transistor radio, whatever it is. However, you are listening. We appreciate you listening to us here uh, on the program. Uh, it's such a such a big week. Uh, not only do we have the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, but we also have the Coaches versus Cancer fundraiser, which is coming up on Tuesday night at the Connie Kapila Grill at the Outrigger Reef Waikiki Beach Resort. We're going to be there. Uh, so uh, Tuesday, we've got uh, we, we've got college football on Tuesday, so the afternoon show is off. Uh, but we will be there at the Connie Capilla Grill. Uh, we're going to be talking to the different coaches and some of the different personalities, and so we'll have an opportunity uh, to interact, and, and you can join us. Uh, and then not only that, they have an online silent auction that is going on uh, all the way up until uh, auction night, I believe it is. And it's hosted by the American Cancer Society. It all benefits uh, Hope Lodge. So some of the items that they have, they've got uh, you know everything from Aloha shirts, Sony Open packages, uh, autographed UH men's basketball, uh, gas cards, which I know are, are, are pretty big. And then um, there's even a, an, an opera theater and uh, and Namba package that is there. So uh, this continues on for another uh, another four days or so, right up until the uh, the time of the auction. So check it out. Uh, go to the Hawaii Bowl Foundation, not the. Go to HawaiiBowlFoundation.org. Uh, get more info on that. All right, uh, surf here. We'll come back with more. It is the Sports Animals. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. I appreciate the invite from Micah Parsons. I respectfully, however, decline Micah Parsons' invite for whatever he is doing on December 24th. I'm sorry. Uh, I've got this thing going on here called the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, and I don't believe I can just leave here on a whim to just go follow Mike Parsons around uh, to whatever uh, whatever it is he wants to invite us for. Patrick texts in our uh, text line at 808-296-1420. Patrick says, hi, Josh. So good to hear the stadium is going forward. We need more progressive thinking. Perhaps start planning for the future. Put some money into an account toward a new stadium in 40 or 50 years. New is better than old. Instead of resorting to try to salvage what we already have on hand, which will already be obsolete in 40 years. Huh. Um, I think first and foremost, you want to prioritize having money in, uh, in your current iteration of your stadium, well, I guess not this current iteration of your stadium. I guess I mean the next iteration of the stadium. Um, you want to prioritize money there for upkeep because you don't like we were just talking about. You don't want to have a venue that in forty years looks like it is forty years old. I am a believer that you can, you know, 
you might drive by a house or you might know someone who has a house and 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 you walk inside and it looks really really nice and and you're like yeah, yeah this is a nice house did you guys build it and then they might come back and say well no we didn't buy it we bought the house in the inside it was uh, it's already 20 years old you know a lot of it is like you know people so there are some people who take really good care of their things and they can make something that is 20 years old look like something that is maybe just a couple that's is that not hard to ask for i know bigger things like a 25,000 seat stadium can be a little bit different but is it not hard i mean we expect professionals to do this and so um you know i i i would i would think i would think that asking to keep money toward repairs to make sure repairs and maintenance to make sure that a 40-year-old stadium down the line looks like a you know a stadium that may be 15 to 20 years old is not asking for much and is probably more prudent um than saying okay um let's let's save it for something else because here's the other part about that this has been the stadium thing has been a hassle Honest to goodness, it has been a hassle. And there's a lot of blame to go around for said hassle. For the fact that we've been just kind of dragging through issues in the legislature and then starts and stops the executive branch of government and um, all of these things that have just dr- driven people mad. You know, um, it's frustrating. Understandably frustrating. But... I am always reminded this is probably something that is is reminiscent of when of of if you're a parent what you say to your kids if you uh, buy them something you buy them a Christmas present or uh, you know, Santa buys them a Christmas present or someone does and uh, you know you tell them hey you know if you if if you want something new you got to take care of this one first right because I'd be willing to believe that if in 40 to 50 years someone came along and said, you know, this iteration of the stadium has been very good. It served us well, but it's time for something new. I'd I'd like to believe that in 40 to 50 years, the, the planning for that particular venue would probably be a lot more positive that it might look to do something bigger that it might look to do um you know something more uh, maybe more more challenging something that is is more uh um something that's less basic I, i'm sorry that's the only other way. 25,000 to me i don't know how you can make 20 a 25,000 seat stadium um you know a, a, a number of levels above basic but every time I see a number that gets brought down and brought down and brought down and brought down, I think, okay, well, what can you really do here? But if you take care of this one, you put the proper money in for upkeep and maintenance, and you don't let things rot and decay and wait and wait and wait and wait, then in 40 to 50 years, you can build something bigger because there's a trust 
that you've been able to take care of something. Then you can build bigger. You can build the 35 to 40. You can you can plan for something that can be a, another regular tenant in there. You can think of grander plans in an area. Or here's a here's a better idea. In 40 to 50 years, maybe you can build a second stadium. And uh, build it somewhere where it can be used for something else outside of University of Hawaii Athletics. How's about this? A venue in West Oahu that could be used for concerts, that could be used for uh, high school sports, that could be used for maybe some Division II athletics that maybe could include football. Maybe it's not bigger than 25000 but maybe it says, hey, you built something here. You know what? What about West Oahu? And what West Oahu could use for a growing community on that side of the island. Well, let's take care of this one first. And maybe we could get our wish down the road. That's that's all I'm saying. Don't put the cart before the horse. Because when you start doing that, you start losing sight of what's in front of you. And what's in front of you is pretty important to take care of right now. Our uh, M. Dyer Global scoreboard right now is uh, brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Bowl games today. Oh, yes. Um, bowl season is one of my favorite times of the year. We got it started uh, in the Bahamas because uh, there were probably more big plays than people at the uh, the Bahamas Bowl today, uh, which was won uh, by uh, – uh, excuse me. Let me, uh, let, me, let me go back a little bit. The – Bahamas Bowl today was won the Hometown Lenders Bahamas Bowl by UAB on a stop at the two-yard line. 24-20 was the final. Uh, of course, one of the storylines in that game, there was an opt-out before the game in uh, one of the nation's best running backs that we would learn moments before the game, actually, of that opt-out. Uh, also, number 24, Troy, 18-12 win over 25th-ranked UT San Antonio in the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. Tomorrow, a bunch of bowl games. We've got three of them right here on ESPN Honolulu, starting at uh, 6 a.m. with the Cricket Celebration Bowl, which includes Deion Sanders. And we'll talk about him coming up at the top of the next hour because there's been a lot of things said about him. I've said some things about him, but I respect one thing that he's doing tomorrow. And we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later. It's followed by the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, presented by Stifle, Washington State, and Fresno State. And then we'll wrap it all up with the New Mexico Bowl, SMU and BYU. That will kick at 2.30. We'll have all three of those games here on ESPN Honolulu. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global, always on the move. We'll come back, though, turn to the NFL. There's a big game tomorrow, and one quarterback is getting questions about the weather. I don't think it's just because he's from Hawaii, though. That when we come back, first look at traffic. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring ting a tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather, so ride together with you. Got a Sports Center update in just about 15 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. We got Saturday NFL football, man. Uh, we got football all over the place. Triple header of bowl games tomorrow here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, triple header of NFL football tomorrow on CBS 1500. Uh, we are just loaded with football. 
There's also weather because it is December, and uh, the the Bills Dolphins game is the game that everybody is paying attention to. Um, good luck watching it. Uh, more importantly, good luck playing in it. Uh, there is certainly a lot of snow expected for the Buffalo area. In fact, uh, this is the final forecast that came out from the uh, National Weather Service. A lake effect snow warning is in effect for that uh, for that area. They say uh, lake effect snow warnings begin this evening and go through the weekend with up to two feet off Lake Erie and even more off of Lake Ontario. Orchard Park, which is where the Bills play, is about 15 miles, just east of Lake Erie. They are what is they are on what is called the snow belts. And in the next 48 hours, they are expected to get between 18 and 24 inches of snow. Good news is a lot of it is expected before the game. But with temperatures near freezing, chance of precipitation of 44%. I know there are a lot of people who have been hearing some of the questions that have been thrown uh, toward the opposing quarterback in this game about his ability to play in cold weather. Uh, that opposing quarterback, of course, is uh, Tua Tonga Vailoa. And, um, you know, the cold weather, he responded to it. He says, hey, you know, it, it does also snow in Alabama. It's not like Tua's not, uh, not used to the snow. But I believe that we are kind of forgetting something here. Um, I know there are people here that think that this is a, just another opportunity to take a shot at Tua, that media members and those who are, are paid to make opinions are here to make some kind of a swipe at Tua because of, uh, you know, for, you know he's, he's the Dolphins quarterback. And he's had his challenges the last couple of weeks, and we all know that. I believe any quarterback playing for the Dolphins would face these same questions coming into Saturday night's game. How are you going to be able to be comfortable within the snow and, and these freezing elements? Um, it just so happens Tua is, well, A, popular, uh, B, really good, and C, facing some massive expectations. So a question or a series of questions or a series of opinions of whether he can handle the snow um, are legitimate questions. They're not legitimate because it's Tua, although it is almost emphasized a little bit more because it is Tua, but they are legitimate to every quarterback um, from a warm-weather city going into a place like Buffalo and playing in what is expected to be a snow game. Frankly, it is also um, you know, kind of a fair question to ask to even a Josh Allen playing in those kind of conditions. You may live there. Living there and playing there can be two different things. We do have numbers, though. In uh, late December and early January, cold weather rolled road starts. Tua Tonga-Vailoa has completed 52.2% of his passes, 5.9 yards per attempt, passer rating of 58.8, 
and uh, they lost three. Uh, they lost those games by a combined 61 points in those two starts. Those are numbers. You can take those numbers for what they are. Bigger thing is, it is not about the numbers. It is about um, the situation. And let's face it, both teams are going to be affected by that kind of weather. It's not like you know intermittent snow for 48 hours. We are talking about a couple of feet of snow over a 48-hour period. So I am less inclined to think of this as a potential to a problem, uh, which some might want to make it out to be, or make it to think that people are thinking that it is a to a problem, but a bigger problem for offenses in general, and uh, especially for Miami. How are you going to adjust to those conditions, and how are you going to uh, how are you going to perform in those kind of conditions? And I'd ask the same thing of Sean McDermott's squad, but I would have to ask it more so of Miami because they are the visitor; they are the ones flying in and having to play in that. John, thank you for calling in. How are you this afternoon? Uh, pretty good. Hey, I was just kind of wondering, I have a question for you. Um, hypothetically, let's say like Tua goes up there and beats those guys in a snowstorm. Uh, you think like some of these guys that are always like uh, bragging on him will kind of shut up for like a long time, if not forever? No. Um, it, it, it honestly, it, it, that's so easy, but it, it's really dependent on how he does it and how his team does it. I still don't think it is just a Tua thing. But we have to remember, and I and I think sometimes sometimes we get too protective of Tua. We do in this market. People get too protective of him. He doesn't need it. Um, he's never asked for it. But it's how you do it. And you know when you can have a good game. Let's say he has a good game. But if you have down games later, the questions will come back. One game doesn't fix everything. And I think we've learned that because Tua had some great games earlier this year coming back from injury. He's had two really tough ones the last couple of weeks, and the critics have have come out again, and frankly, deservedly so. So um, mm-hmm. one game won't won't do what you're kind of suggesting you, you maybe would happen. Okay, so I was uh, – well, I just kind of always, yeah, root for him, wish that he has uh, good luck up there. But uh, it would be interesting, though, for him to beat those guys in the snow. Oh, absolutely. John, thank you for calling in. Appreciate you listening. Um, You can root for him and be critical of him all at the same time. It does not have to be an exclusive thing. And I think that that is, you you can be critical. You can criticize his play. You can criticize particular plays. And that doesn't make you, um, less of a fan it's just you're, you're you're calling out what you see you can't like homer or not you can't watch the last couple of weeks and think that you legitimately watched to a to a play really good football and if you legitimately thought you watched him play really good football in the last couple of weeks and i'd have some some real serious questions to ask you about what it is you're seeing uh but this is really bigger picture for me. This is not a Tua Tonga-Vailoa game. We talk about him because he is the quarterback of the warm weather team. He is the quarterback of the visitors going in. The pressure is on Miami to go in there and be able to handle that. I don't think the pressure is actually as much as as uh, uh, 
Tua Tonga Vailoa as much as it is on Mike McDaniel and as much as it is on his coaching staff because these kinds of games, being the visitor and walking into these kinds of environments means that coaches need to do extra work to prepare for those elements, to uh, adjust, to help their teams adjust to those elements. Mike McDaniel is a young head coach. Mike McDaniel is someone who is incredibly accountable. Uh, one of my favorite coaches to watch on the sideline because he is not, let, let's just say, um, the overly egotistical type. Um, but it is on him. These kinds of games are not singularly, at least going into the game, they are not singularly on one individual. Going into the game, these types of games are on a coaching staff and their preparation and adjustments. Do their adjustments in turning off the heaters and all that stuff, all the kind of stuff, you, you know, the gimmicky stuff that you do at practice in order to try to, um, you know, to, 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 to try, um, you know, try and emulate some of those conditions, do those things work? Or eh, did you try too hard to try to emulate some of those conditions in order to, uh, um, you know, in order to, 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 to get yourself prepared? That all uh, kind of comes into the picture. Sports Center update is coming up in just a little bit. Uh, Deion Sanders has a lot of people talking about him, but there's something that he's doing right. Out of, to me, maybe some questionable things here and there. And I, and I, I want to give credit to what he is doing that I would consider doing it right. That's coming up. Sports Center coming up in moments. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Coming up a little bit later on, we've got uh, Easy Post Hawaii Bowl tickets will be given away. It is the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. I'm Josh Pacheco. Great to be with you. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline at Aloha Kia. Uh, you know a guy. College football bowl season continues tomorrow. We've got a triple header of games uh, right here on ESPN Honolulu. We've got the uh, Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle. We've got the uh, New Mexico Bowl. But we'll start things off with the Cricket Celebration Bowl. Uh, NC, uh, NC Central and uh, Jackson State. And it means one final game for Deion Sanders as Jackson State's head coach. Deion Sanders will eventually uh, go to Colorado and coach the Buffaloes, and whether he will be successful there and whether that success means anything uh, will be determined down the road. But um, it is very easy to kind of go all in and, you know, forget 
what you worked with over the last couple of years. And I have, as much as it is easy to question Dion, criticize Dion over some of the things he said, I actually have a lot of respect for the fact that he is coaching Jackson State in uh, in, in their final game here in, in, in the Celebration Bowl. The reason I believe that is I'm watching other coaches who aren't with their teams. Sometimes it's their it's it's their choice. Sometimes it's not. Um, but you've been there. You have been a part of that team uh, all year. And you know these bowl games, they have become at times emptier and emptier because of. Who is there? Who isn't there? And I'm not saying that as 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 a majority complaint necessarily of who is and isn't there. Some, frankly, uh, for for good reason. You know, UAB. You may recall um, they were playing in the uh, in the Bahamas Bowl, and their star running back Dwayne McBride decided to opt out. Now it wasn't made official until moments before kickoff today. Uh, but there was a, uh, a particular tweet that was out from a media member the day before, uh, less than 24 hours before kickoff, saying, uh, do not be surprised if Dwayne McBride does not play. He is legitimately a top three running back in college football and will be drafted uh, in the NFL draft in April. Um, you know, he didn't play. Got no problem with it. Am I bummed that he didn't play? Sure, because how many people really got to see Dwayne McBride play this year? Probably not a lot. Um, but it doesn't seem like it was injury-related. There are some people who actually think that the transfer portal could be in play for him. I think that would be foolish if he has an opportunity to be drafted. Why put more wear and tear on your legs as a running back when you can go into the draft now? Um, you know, it's not quitting on a team. You have done everything you can. And, um, you know, I, and I don't think in all instances when coaches don't follow their teams to bowl games when they have an opportunity elsewhere, I don't think that that is necessarily quitting either. But to me, it means more when you're actually there. Um, especially with Dion, there are a lot of conflicting things about Dion's time um, you know, at Jackson State. There are some people trying to put out this message that Dion mishandled funds and, you know, there, he was getting... It, there were some kind of kind of shady things taking place. There are other reports there saying that Dion used his own money to make sure that players got things like their meals and um, you know some other athletic amenities on campus that came from his wallet. Um, I don't know what is truth, what is not, but I, I I think I can consider that when there are two differing sides to a story, and they are vastly different, that I am willing to wait until I see a I, I see a story that you know tells me straight. Um, I can tell you Jackson State probably won't say anything because Jackson State's probably feeling a little embarrassed uh, about part of the story that recognizes them, that um, the school didn't really put anything and put much effort into their backing of Dion's program. 
And, uh, you know, when the school decides not to really respond to that, makes a story like that seem kind of kind of truthful. Anyway, Deion Sanders could easily say, you know what? This has been tumultuous these last couple of years. I've poured not only my effort, but I've poured my I've poured my money. I've poured my time. Um, I've done all of that. And I've got a new job. And it's going to go great. And I'm going to put a lot of my time in. You know, you you, you just went and, and spoke to those kids in Boulder. And you basically said, you know what? Um, I got some guys coming in. You know, you might as well hit the transfer portal. Made it seem like he was very much all in. And, and he can be. And he is. It seems like he is. But there is, I think, a respectability to be able to say, you know what? I am in all in Colorado. But these kids at Jackson State for having a really good year and being a part of their really good year, um, they expect me to be there, and I'll be there, and I'll be their head coach. We largely ignore that sometimes, don't we? We largely just kind of let that go, but it's not as common anymore to see a, um, a coach taking another job decide – that they're still going to represent that school, whatever drama there is behind the scenes, whatever other stuff that that is there. I mean, he's taking his son to Colorado with him. I mean, you're starting to plant the plant the proverbial roots there um, in in that state, but you don't forget about what you brought. And and it makes me kind of look at his message. What is what is Dion's sincerity? You know, I've I've brought it up here and there. I do firmly believe that Deion Sanders is angling for an NFL job. I think at the first sign that someone is calling, if he has success, if he has success at Colorado, and I don't know that he will, uh, because I don't think there is enough of a sample size for me to know that he will indeed have success there, that the soonest that an NFL job comes his way, he is gone. He is there to change his culture, change the culture of what's at Colorado as long as he is there. After that, it it, it is what it is. Um, but I think there is, when, when, when you take a job at an HBCU and you spend the time and the money you know, it is not a it is not a job that is you're on television every week. It is not a job in which it is easy to recruit. It is not a job in um, you know you're you're not amongst the likes of the Nick Sabins and and, and Dabos and all of that. You are coaching at a uh, at a school that is fighting for attention, and you bring that. Finishing the job says to not only every individual on that roster currently, but it says to the next coaching staff, and it says to the next batch of recruits that go there, regardless of who they play for, it says it is important to finish the job. It is important to finish what you started. That if you want to be respected for the effort and the energy you put into something, 
that you don't walk away in that one last chance uh, and you don't walk away from those student athletes just because you got something better. No. Um, you finish the job with them. And I, I, I could not applaud Dion uh, more, I think, for the fact that he is going to be with his team tomorrow uh, against NC Central. Uh, and you know what? It is national television. It's on ABC. Um, you know, it is really the biggest um, – the, it, it is the biggest outlet, really, for for an HBCU game to be on. Um, you know, the Celebration Bowl is is part of a, a couple of different initiatives that, um, you know, that that have been put into broadening the base and broadening the reach of HBCU football and HBCU athletics. You know, there is a, a a TV package on like a smaller network. I, I can't remember the. I, I think it's like the Grio. I think that they have like a game of the week. Uh, it's on one of those lower tier channels, but it's you know it's 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 cool. Um, you know, and 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 the opportunity to kind of you know spread the word about how good football is there and 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 how um, how well those communities take in football there. Um. You know, important. And Dion has had a part of that. He's had a big hand in it, and that's why, um, that's why it's 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 good to see him decide he's gonna, well, finish it, finish what he started with one final game. Our text line is at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. You can call us. At 808-296-1420. Send us your tweets at Sports Animals and at Josh on the radio. Hey, uh, you know what we've got going on right now over on our Instagram? We've got uh, Christmas giveaways. We want you to take something home for the holidays. So we've got uh, today being day four of our Kaliki Maka giveaway. Head to our ESPN Honolulu Instagram page for a chance to win a $100 gift certificate to Fat Boys and an ESPN Honolulu t-shirt. That, again, on our Instagram at ESPN Honolulu. Traffic here. We'll come back with more in a moment. You are listening to the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. This is the kind of song that makes you have a smile on your face. Tanner's singing in the other room. You can see the lips moving. Tanner's enjoying the song. Tanner doesn't doesn't sing along to uh, to a lot of things. So uh, props to you, Tanner, for for enjoying Christmas songs as uh, many people enjoy Christmas songs this time of year. The thing is, um, I need to really, really build up in the next week some new Christmas songs to, uh, to get into the rotation. I will admit that, uh, our, 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 our Christmas playlist, we are not the Christmas station. So understandably, uh, we don't have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of Christmas songs. Um, so we've been kind of like, like, you know, playing the hits, if you will, that's what we've been doing. And, uh, we need more hits. 
So uh, expect that a little bit of uh, a little bit of next week. Expect a few more hits uh, as we uh, as we draw closer to Christmas, which is uh, nine days away. Which means you better start shopping if you haven't done so yet. Uh, if because if you haven't bought anything, that's on you, man. That's uh, that's not anybody but you, and you don't need to be sleeping on the couch. Jordan Helly, are you are you outing Jordan? Did did what did what did Jordan say to deserve that? Why? Why is Jordan he getting out of here? He himself said that he was a procrastinator when it came to shopping a week ago on Let's Talk Sports. I am too. Um, I feel this like is, this is the first year where I didn't. I'm done for the holiday season. I just got to get two more gifts, and I'm done. What are you organized or something? Barely. I am usually a procrastinator. Um, I am not. Uh, I have, but I have. Okay. This is, I guess, the you, you get to the phase in your life where you don't have kids and you're not shopping for everybody, right? Um, sometimes it is good to have an agreement in place that helps to cut down a little bit of the pressure of shopping for someone for Christmas gifts. And you know what that agreement is? They tell you what they want. And actually, better yet, um, they kind of get what they want on their own because they know you're going to procrastinate and you're probably going to get it here after Christmas. It's something new. I I don't like it. It's not what I believe in. um, But I do believe in compromise. And I do believe... That uh, working both ways, you know, me doing the same thing, that uh, it is uh, it is beneficial. But because I saw some shaking of uh, of your head in the other room, um, that does not go for every gift. Some gifts, yes, um, but some of the other gifts, um, she won't know about. She will find out on Christmas when it is all wrapped and stuff. Um, she'll find that out, but some of the other ones, cause you know what, honestly, um, we're, we're not in the mode of like, Hey, uh, <laughs> we live with each other. How many surprises can you have when you live with each other? Um, so it's kind of like that part of it is gone, but you know, how do you still find the things that, you know, are practical and, and, and make sense? I don't, I honestly don't think I'm alone here. I'm sure some of you do. You're like that too. You just don't speak it out loud into a, in front of a microphone. Um, and honestly, I am learning to be okay with it. This is not easy for me to be okay with. There is a certain pride involved that is getting hurt just a little bit, realizing this is probably beneficial so I don't screw up gift giving on Christmas by ordering things late. Because I have had a problem at times for like birthdays and stuff of ordering stuff that comes in late. There is a crushed ego within my walls here. And it has taken a lot for this ego to admit that once a really good gift giver, I'd like to believe I was, now, not so much. And now, probably needs a little bit of help 
being a really good gift giver, which means I don't need to know everything in order to get good gifts. I just need to know a couple. I just need to know a couple, and we're good. And I feel very confident in knowing that couple um, that I know that I can do that I think will be really thoughtful. And I think it will make it maybe my best Christmas in a long time. Pressure's on. Uh, don't forget Tuesday, our uh, Coaches versus Cancer uh, event at the uh, Connie Capilla Grill. We want you to join us. We'll be there uh, 7 o'clock uh, Tuesday night. We'll have a, a really good time. We'll be talking to Iran Ganat. We'll be talking to the different coaches coming on by uh, for the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. That is the Coaches versus Cancer Pauhana Party Tuesday night at the Connie Capilla Grill. Get more info, your tickets, silent auction details, all of that at hawaiibowlfoundation.org. Uh, Sports Center coming up in uh, just a little bit. I'm looking to see if I have the time good here. Thank you. Sports Center in a little bit, and uh, we'll come back. We'll turn back our attention to the NFL. What are we looking for this weekend? That's on the other side. In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, a beautiful night. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away is the bluebird. Texter from the 722 really, really, really wants me to talk about the World Cup. Sunday at 4 a.m. Hawaii Standard Time, says the texter. Is one of the most awaited games in football history. But I haven't heard word one from you. Messi or Mbappe? Who will it be? I say I know it's it's the World Cup he's talking about because there is nothing that is important going on at 4 a.m. Uh, you know, with the exception of my sleep. And uh, trust me, there... There are times every day where I am uh, looking for sleep. And by the way, there's no match at 4 a.m. on Sunday. It's at 5. Don't buy into what TV tells you. You know, when when TV does the whole um, coverage begins at such and such time, the match is at 5 a.m. Get yourself an hour in bed more. Or, I don't know, if you're going to be up that early, then it's best you uh, you make yourself a good uh, good breakfast spread. You know, bacon and eggs, some waffles, uh, chicken. Chicken and waffles. I love chicken and waffles. Uh, you know, make yourself... And, and, and then you need some healthy stuff in there, too, so some fruit. Uh, get yourself some uh, some grapes. See if you can find. What's so funny about grapes? Grapes does not sound like a breakfast fruit. Why like, not? I don't know why. <laughs> why not? When I think of fruit in the morning, I only think of apples, oranges, and bananas, and maybe other fruits. But I don't know why. When I think of grapes, I only think that as snack fruit. I feel like you're thinking of that that kid's song. I like to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. I, that's probably exactly I, what I, it is. I, I, I I've think been so. indoctrinated since a, since I was a child. Apparently, the um, non the anti grape propaganda got to mm-hmm. me. The anti grape anti game show propaganda 
has been. Well, my issue is I only strong. watched like a couple game shows, and that's like whatever was on YouTube. So blame YouTube for that. Blame the algorithm. You uh, you chose to go there, so uh, I'm not I'm not putting the blame on YouTube. Anyway, um, yeah, find find the grapes that are not the oval shaped, but the round, you know, like soccer ball shaped. Find those. Go to Costco. Football, football find ball football shaped. <laughs> put those in like a little like like slice them up in half, put them in a cup. Um, now we're getting like halfway to a breakfast charcuterie board. All right, now go find some uh, some sliced cheese, some dates. I don't know. Yeah, do that at 4 a.m. while you're waiting an hour for your 5 a.m. World Cup soccer match. I have, I, you know, I'm only doing this really for the bit, not really for the, as much as I love World Cup soccer, um, this is just not a good time. It's not. The folks in Qatar who wanted to move the World Cup to the winter instead of the summer, um, you know, they've. It, it took a little bit of my interest away because you know what I'm doing at 5 a.m.? I'm sleeping. And then you know what I'm going to do at uh, – I'll probably wake up at 6.30. Here's, here's the way I think the plan can work. I'll wake up at 6.30. I'll catch the final 30 minutes of Argentina in France. And uh, I'll get – that will be my pregame. And I'll create my breakfast spread of chicken and waffles. I don't have grapes at home. Um, whatever else I put on it. And my spread's going to be for football. That's the NFL version at 8 a.m. But I will watch the end of the World Cup because it is the end of the World Cup. I will give that the respect it deserves. I will watch the trophy celebration uh, as long as they don't kick it to a cable network. Um, I will, uh, I will give it all of that. But I ain't waking up at five in the winter months for it. It's not, not happening. But since this texter kind of wants an idea of uh, where I'm going with it, it's uh, it's messy. Possibly his final match, so uh, I'm giving it to Messi. It's going to be Argentina over France. Texter from the two nine one. It's World Cup football, not soccer. Guys, 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 guys. It is not wrong either way. Why why, why are we having these unnecessary debates? And I see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a moment here at 808-296-1420. This is not a debate. In, in this country, we call it soccer. In other countries, they call it football. Um, it is okay to call it World Cup soccer. It is not wrong. Anybody trying to make me feel like I'm wrong, you can you, you can kick it to the curb. I ain't taking it. I am not wrong for calling it World Cup soccer. Don't don't try to be Mr. Elitist on how to tell me on how to call your sport. Because here it is very much accepted to call it soccer. Dennis, thank you for calling in. How are you? Fine, Josh. You know, I've got a method that works real well. It almost caused divorce the first time I did it. Oh, no. So I, I didn't want to 
watched the whole game between, I think it was Brazil, I can't remember, Brazil and Spain. So I just recorded it. I came out, I turned it on and put it on fast forward to four and watched until there was a goal. And I stopped and went back and watched the goal. And then I put it on fast forward again until the next goal. And my wife goes, well, what are you doing? And I says, well, you know, all I need to do is see who scored. She got really mad because she likes soccer. <laughs> uh, it works great for me. I, I watched a few games that way. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, hold on. How do you find out they scored? Like, you see the goal on fast forward, it, and then you say, it, okay, it, it now I'll rewind it? No, it's fast forward in front of you, and you're watching the score up in the top left-hand corner. Okay, so, you, so, you, so the goal happens, and, and then you fast sudden, rewind. All of a sudden, it's 1-0. to zero, I stop and rewind it. Watch the goal, yeah. That is us. And, and okay, how many times well, did you rewind? I get, to see the beautiful part. I get to see the beautiful part. <laughs> okay. But the rest of it, yeah, the rest of it is, is not something that I'm really all that interested in. So how many times did you rewind in this particular match? Well, I think it was uh, two to nothing, and then they came back and decided maybe it was the game that they lost and it was two to two, so like four times, yeah. And, okay. then, and then I watched the penalty kicks. Okay. And by the way, for the uh, for the soccer elitists or the football elitists listening in, uh, you can't say two to nothing. It's uh, two nil. Oh, two nil. Excuse me. Yes. <laughs> and please don't tell anyone how to get all of me. They'll probably have a hit on me by now. <laughs> uh, Dennis, enjoy uh, in, enjoy the DVR function on your remote. Thank you for calling, my friend. Uh... Is the program not called ASO? <laughs> <laughs> it's not AFO. Uh, American Youth Soccer Organization. You are exactly right. I don't. I don't see anybody. I don't see parents walking <laughs> up. Um, excuse me. This is actually AFO. <laughs> I don't. I don't see anybody uh, deciding. Okay, we're gonna go to a, a youth soccer event and we're gonna protest that it's called American Youth Soccer Organization. And so we're gonna go and we're gonna hold signs and we're gonna go picket outside of the park while the young kids are playing. Unbeknownst to them, we don't like that we're calling it soccer. So we're gonna picket and protest and make sure everybody knows it shouldn't be called ASO. Gosh. It's not like you go to an NFL game or watch one and you say, well, actually, it's American football. The sad thing is, this isn't the first time this conversation. We had this conversation two weeks ago. I'm I know. pretty sure. Texter says it's American arrogance. The word originates from England. The English used it first. It came to America. We used it, and then they changed it back to football. Because they don't like us. It's simple, really. Hey, there is a um, there is a sounder in the system that probably would work well for uh, for this particular conversation, wouldn't there? I think there is. What 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 could we use for how this conversation has gone? Yikes! Yeah, that would work pretty well. And by the way. I didn't create soccer 
in Mer- I'm just the person. Oh, it was you, Josh. <laughs> I remember. You remember. I remember right. that. I remember you. You said it's actually soccer. A couple. What's it? A, a lot of decades ago. Plenty of decades ago. When I was like two. Probably younger. <laughs> oh, people, 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 people. Enjoy the game. Seriously, just enjoy the game. Enjoy it. Um, and, and don't let squabbles like football or soccer get you down. Regardless, it's still a beautiful game. And regardless, um, you know, it is it is that time of the year that the best of the best are out there. I may not wake up at 5 a.m. to watch a non-USA match uh, because I know I've got a long NFL Sunday, and I also know that I've got a long weekend of preparing for Christmas, and I've got a long weekend of preparing for the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic that, you know, I need to value my sleep where I can get it. I don't get much of it. So, and Tanner can attest to that when he sees me occasionally close my eyes here in the office every now and again, and I can readily admit it. Um, you know, it, it does happen. I, uh, I, I, I will enjoy whatever hours of sleep that I can. I will, I will take that. Texter from the 291. Which came first, football or soccer? Ah, boy, really? I will go from what I've picked up here, um, business insider. The word soccer is a British invention that people, as you said, British people stopped using only around 40 years ago, according to a University of Michigan professor. The word soccer comes from the use of the term association football in Britain. goes back 200 years. Also going back about 200 years. In the early 1800s, a bunch of British universities took football, a medieval game, and started playing their own versions of it, all under different rules. Um, I don't see an exact year. So it sounds like it's kind of right around right around the same time. Also, it sounds like for the people that don't get where soccer comes from in association football, uh, at the same time there was association rugby going on, mm-hmm. and at the time there was a trend to call it ruggers or mm-hmm. to call it that, rugger yep. instead of association rugby. Yep. And what association soccer, mm-hmm. the SOC and association, mm-hmm. that's where soccer comes from. Yeah. Be educated. This is the second time in two weeks that we've said this exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 But that's that typical American arrogance. That American arrogance calling it World Cup soccer. That's what I salute for every morning when I look at the American flag. Shame. Stop it. RM Dire Global Scoreboard is brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. It's like, do you want me to watch your World Cup match, or do you want me to just, like, ignore it altogether? What do you want me to do? Uh, college football bowl games today. Had a couple of them, and they were very, very good. 
The hometown lenders Bahamas Bowl goes to UAB, a 24-20 win over Miami of Ohio. Number 24, Troy, over number 25, UT San Antonio in the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl, 18-12, to the, uh, the the final score there. In uh, anything college basketball today, not really, um, but there is a big West team we're following. Cal Poly, who is playing at home against Weber State, and Cal Poly's losing in the first half, 38-19, 2.22 to go. Uh, in half number one, uh, the Mustangs are five and four uh, so far on the season. We'll see them uh, very early on. And, and uh, actually, the Cal Poly uh, boy will go to Cal Poly. I think it's like uh, late, I think early February. I think it is. And uh, in the NBA, Philadelphia over the Golden State Warriors, one eighteen, one oh six, one thirteen to go in the fourth. It's the Mavericks, one thirty, one ten over Portland. Lakers 40 to 36 lead on the Denver Nuggets 9:39 to go in the second. That's your M Dyer Global scoreboard here on ESPN Honolulu. It is brought to you by M Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Uh, we are in the five o'clock hour, and I'm sure you are stuck in traffic like many people. So uh, if you're hungry, like I am, take the Pearl City exit and head to the grill at Leeward Bowl. Except I can't take the Pearl City exit. I'm not in traffic. I'm not driving, but you can. And you can knock down a half-pound smash bacon cheeseburger or dynamite chicken fried simon. Local kind grinds you can check out at the Grill at Leeward Bowl in the Pearl City Shopping Center. We'll wrap up the program next. It's ESPN Honolulu. This is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over. I think... This is probably the uh, the perfect song to just calm the mood. Bring us all together. You call it football. Football. I call it soccer. We can still live as one. We can still enjoy Christmas together. We can still be family. Did I take that too far? We can still enjoy the great game regardless of what we call it. Right? This is the song that brings it down. It brings us all back together. So supporting of one another. That's what the song does. Texture from the 291. Try going to Qatar and upon entering the stadium, exclaim, I'm here to watch the soccer match between France and Argentina and see what kind of reaction you will get. If you want to say soccer, wait for the World Cup to be played in the USA. And there went all that peace and harmony and love and camaraderie and community all gone. Thanks to that dude. Tried. Really tried. Leroy, by the way, via our text line. Man, didn't think I'd get this much traction on the text line. Canada calls it soccer, so the U.S. is not arrogant alone. And South Africa and Australia. Not like we're really keeping a tally or anything. And not like I really care. But man, can't we enjoy the game regardless of what you call it? And just forget about this arrogant garbage, please. Uh, 
You know, that's very arrogant of them to not be <laughs> listening to us in a way. <laughs> I guess. I guess so. You know what? Um, I don't think anybody calls American football anything different. So let's just go there. Uh, three important games coming up in the NFL on Saturday. You can hear them all on our uh, sister station, CBS 1500, as we've got uh, bowl games here. What am I expecting? Dolphins Bills is the big one. I'm expecting lots and lots of snow. I'm expecting turnovers. I'm going to go against the grain here. I've got Miami winning on the road, uh, but I don't expect the numbers to be pretty, and I expect this to be a defensive and ground and pound kind of game. I got Miami winning in Buffalo. I've got Cleveland over Baltimore against my best advice, Cleveland over Baltimore at home. And uh, Minnesota improving to 11-3. and three. I have them winning over the Indianapolis Colts. We'll see you tomorrow. Freddie and Fitzsimmons is next here on ESPN Honolulu.